It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 413 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is June 13th, 2023. Padres, they had an off day yesterday, and they're about to start a three-game set with the Cleveland Guardians. So I want to just preview that. And then there was also some news in San Diego sports yesterday. Uh, a famous, famous professional sports owner. Uh, investing into the Midway Rising project. And so that kind of got my weir- my wheels turning on the state of San Diego sports and what could come, what we have now, kind of appreciating that and just where we are, again, just in San Diego. So uh, we'll get to that. So hopefully everyone had a good day off and we're ready to go back and start rooting for this team tonight you know obviously it's been a roller coaster of a season and I don't think the roller coaster stopping um I don't think this offense is gonna magically start being consistent uh it's probably gonna have to be a progression instead of one up one down it's probably gonna have to be two up one down uh two up one down again maybe split a four game set like I don't I don't I don't see them you know when in 12 of 13 games or something like that. So it'll be, it's still going to be a roller coaster. And hopefully after the loss against the Rockies in the series finale, 
hopefully today is their their big night and they can get a easy win tonight. Like that would be a good start to this homestand against Cleveland. And then they play Tampa later this weekend. Uh, Musgrove on the mound. You think you're going to be in a good spot to win tonight. So we'll see what happens. Uh, just a reminder, you can use my code talking friars on SeatGeek, $20 off your order there. You can click the link that is in my description here on YouTube and on the podcast platforms, breakingtea.com for your San Diego sports shirts and sweatshirts, Padres, Aztecs, San Diego Wave. Um, let's get to a preview of this Guardians Padres series. So who is this Cleveland Guardians team? It's 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 kind of similar to this Padres team. I think the Cleveland Guardians, uh, their strength is their pitching. You look at their rotation, like that feels like that is their strength. And they're not the best offensive team. Now the Padres, I think they're a better offensive team than Cleveland is. Both teams, though, they have the same record. Entering tonight, both teams are 31 and 34, but the Cleveland Guardians, they have the luxury of being in the American League Central, which is one of the worst divisions in baseball, or maybe the worst, because I think their first place team has a losing record. I saw that last week, so maybe that's not the case now, but I believe I saw that last week. The Minnesota Twins, are they 33 and 33? Okay, so they're at 500, and they're in first place. The Padres, they're in the National League West, and they have to deal with the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks and the Giants uh, ahead of them in the division. Let me look at the standings. I don't really like doing this very much at you know in June. That's maybe something after the All-Star break to really look at. Like wildcard standings, I haven't even looked at those. Like Really, for me, it's like looking at the division, seeing who's ahead. Padres, they have to deal with a 41-25 and 25 Arizona Diamondbacks team. Dodgers, 37-29. and 29. And the Giants, two games over 500. Padres, three games under 500. What a, what a weird game that D-backs game was last night, huh? For anyone that saw that, Torrey Lavolo, he gets ejected, and he was pointing fingers at JT Romuto because Corbin Carroll got hit a couple times in his first two at-bats. Then JT Romuto ends up hitting for the cycle in that game. But the D-backs, man, they're they're playing some pretty darn good baseball. They're eight and two in their last 10 games, 20 and 11 on the road. I think most teams on the road, they kind of just want to stay around 500, have a little bit better than a 500 record. Well, 20 and 11. Padres are 16 and 16, so they're right at 500. They're they're doing okay there. It's at home. They're 15 and 18. Uh, but getting back to the Guardians, so same record as the Padres, just in a worse division. Their best hitter is obviously J-Ram. Jose Ramirez, he leads the team in home runs with 10. So it's not a team that's going to go hit a ton of home runs, as you can see there. He is the only player with an OPS on that team higher than 800. The Padres have two players with that OPS over 800, uh, Soto and Tatis, as you would probably guess. And going into the year, I think we were thinking that the Padres would have like four players at least with an OPS over 800, but that obviously just has not been the case this year with Bogarts um, not being the same as he was in the first 30 games of the year, dealing with some injury, 
And Manny, he's dealt with injuries too. He was on the IL. And even before that, he was playing pretty bad uh, for Manny's standards. You know, so and, and Jake Cronenworth has not been playing up to our expectation of him, or at least some fans' expectation of him. So that's where the Padres OPS, at least the guys above 800, it's not as many as we thought it was going to be. Uh, but the Padres, they have a better, I think, a better offensive team than the Cleveland Guardians do. If I were to look at the runs scored by Cleveland so far this year, will it say 250? 250 runs allowed 268. Their run differential is negative 18. The Padres' run differential is plus 19. 274 runs scored, 255 runs allowed. So again, comparing the two teams, 274 for the Padres and 250 for the Guardians. So that's a pretty big gap there. And then runs allowed, 268 for the Guardians and 255 for the Padres. So they're better in both categories there. They're a better team than the Guardians are. So yeah. This is a series that the Padres should win. And I don't want to get greedy and say they should sweep it. Like maybe you want to get greedy with teams like the Colorado Rockies where, you know, Kansas City Royals, you know, they didn't sweep, should have swept that series earlier this year at Petco. Those are the series where we're like, yeah, maybe we won't be happy with the series win. But with the Guardians and the guys that they, I mean, I guess I wouldn't blame fans for saying, you know, with that Colorado game, they got to sweep this series. You're not facing Shane Bieber. You're not facing Cal Quantrill. Like, go win, go, go, not just win, go sweep this series. But for me, take two out of three. Go, you know, go for two in these six games. And with the Rays coming in, that might be tough to win that series. So maybe you do have to sweep and take one from Tampa and then you're four and two. But going three and three, it's not making progress getting above 500, right? Like they've dug themselves a hole, so they've got to get out of that hole. Um, the pitching matchups for this series, Tanner Bibby's on the mound for the Guardians. In his last outing, five innings, four hits, one earned run allowed. Walked two, struck out two. And then Joe Musgrove on the mound tonight, 6.40 p.m. In his last outing, five innings of work, four hits allowed, one earned run. Walked one guy and struck out eight. He's been turning around. You know, that Yankee start that he had. What's up, Raul? I'll see you in the comments. Um, by the way, the that start Musgrove had at Yankee Stadium, like that's where it felt like, all right, he's turning a quarter here. This is the Musgrove that we saw last year for most of last year. And the postseason Musgrove, right? It's like, all right, you know, he's not spending as much time on the trainer's table, in the training room. Instead, he is on the field working on pitching and being a better pitcher. And so he's gotten past those injuries, and hopefully there's not more injuries to come, and he can just really hone in on getting better in between starts and then executing every fifth day or every sixth day whenever he takes the ball. Um, so tonight, I think the Padres should win this game tonight. Uh, when Musgrove's on, I mean, the, the rotation's been pretty good, especially as of late. So I feel like every game it's like, well, you're probably going to be in position to win this game. Like you feel that with Musgrove, 
Michael Walker on the mound tomorrow night at 640 against Aaron Savali. And then Darvish on the mound against Logan Allen. Not Logan Allen that the Padres traded. Or did they trade him? Or he used to be a Padre. The John Cena thing, remember? Uh, not that guy, but a different Logan Allen. You you should be, the, the, pitch, the starting pitching should give the Padres an opportunity to win all of these games. Uh, but just the way that the season has went, like, I want to see progress. Just make up a game, take two out of three. Take to it. Keep keep trying to take two out of three. Uh, you're going to need sweeps at some point. So obviously, I'd take one, uh, but I do know that the offense has been inconsistent. And so right now, I'm at yeah, take two out of three. It's not like you know the Rockies series that sucked to not sweep that series. So again, some fans might sit there and be like, well, they got to make this one up here. They got to sweep because they blew Sunday's game, and I won't blame you for thinking that, but. I think the Guardians, they are a little bit better of a team than the Rockies. Uh, but yeah, sweeps are going to have to happen at some point. They're going to have to go on a run, I think. Uh, but the good news is like they're not, again, I haven't looked at the wild card standings, but from what I've heard on like Sports Talk Radio or MLB Network, they're not far off in the wild card standings from other teams because the Mets have struggled, Cardinals have struggled, Phillies have struggled. Uh, so that's been good for the Padres, right? Because if they were doing well, only one team can win each division. So the Padres might not be in as good of a spot. I'm not saying they're in a great spot right now, but they'd be farther behind in the wild card race, right? Uh, so tomorrow, Aaron Savali, Michael Waka, Savali in his last start, five and two thirds innings, four hits, two earned runs, walk two, struck out three. Uh, and then Michael Walker, six innings of work in his last outing. He has been tremendous, right? Pitcher of the year, or not, not the year, hopefully. <laughs> uh, pitcher of the month in the month of May. And then his last outing, six innings, two hits, no earned runs. Walk just one guy, seven punch outs. That's a game that you got to win tomorrow night, you would think, with Walker on the mound, right? And then Thursday, a little bit earlier of a start, 640 the first two games, 540 on Thursday. Allen against you, Darvish. Uh, and Darvish, I thought he pitched better than his line said that he did. Um, in his last start against Colorado, five and a third, five hits, four earned runs, four walks, six punch outs. Yeah, the walks weren't great, but at the end there is kind of where he started to spiral. Um, but everything else was pretty good. It was just the end there. So maybe Bomel left him in a little bit too long, but the Padres did have a big lead at that point. I think they won that game only by three runs, which obviously they wanted to win by more than that based on how many runs they were ahead of Colorado at one point. Uh, but Darvish overall, I think he pitched pretty good his last time out. So it's a series they should win. And if they don't, yeah, that's going to suck. That's, that's going to feel like a failure of a series. Um, and look, like I said earlier, the, this Padres team, they are a better team than the Cleveland Guardians. It's not as lopsided, I don't think, as Padres Royals was going in or um, thinking, you know, the talent level, at least on paper, between Padres Rockies. Uh, but it's still a gap. And so this would fall under that category of series that they need to win. All right, quick break, and then I'll be right back. 
Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, I did want to touch on Josh Bell because he obviously was with the Padres last year, was acquired from the Washington Nationals along with Juan Soto. And so I just wanted to check in on how he was doing this year because there was some chatter in the offseason of should the Padres bring back Josh Bell? Should they go bring back Brandon Drury? And it didn't seem like there was a ton of interest with the Padres with Josh Bell. Now, Brandon Drury, I don't exactly remember how much interest there was with the Padres in bringing him back. But Drury, it looked like it was the right fit for him going and playing with the Angels. I think he used to root for them growing up. So maybe there was a lean to, towards going to Anaheim there. Um, I would have been fine with bringing back Brandon Drury. I, I, I believe I said in the offseason that I liked, if I, if I had to pick between Drury and Josh Bell, I, I would I would have picked Brandon Drury. I like Brandon Drury more than Josh Bell. The multiple positions thing, like, I like that. Um, and if the Padres would have brought in Brandon Drury, at least for now, that would have been the better decision. Because Josh Bell, he has a .1 baseball reference war, 236 average, 707 OPS, which isn't very impressive, uh, below average, 99 OPS plus. Um, and his contract is pretty big. I think it's, what, 17, 17 mil a year almost, or 16, 16 and a half, I think, million per year, two years. $33 million. I think that's what it was. I tweeted that out earlier this morning. Yeah. Two years, 33 mil. And they gave Matt Carpenter two years, 12 million. And then they gave Cruz a mil. So they did not spend as much money on the first base or DH position, but they spent a bunch of the money on Xander Bogarts. And I'd rather have Xander Bogarts than Brandon Drury. I'd rather have Xander Bogarts than Josh Bell. Once they didn't get someone like Jose Abreu, I think that was a name that was brought up in the offseason. Uh, I think Rizzo, right? He went back to the Yankees. Once those didn't happen, it was kind of like, well, just go get the best offensive talent that you can get. And Bogarts was be- was the better offensive talent than uh, Josh Bell or Brandon Drury. Um, it, you know, a long-term contract like that for a guy like Xander Bogarts and his track record, like I was all in for that. And they took some bigger swings, right? Trey Turner didn't want to come here because uh, he just he had his mindset on the East Coast, him and his wife. Aaron Judge wanted to remain a Yankee. He just wanted to get the fair value, more money from the Yankees than what Steinbrenner was offering. So I don't think that was really the Padres' like fault. It was just those guys wanted to go back to their team or go to a not – the West coast, go to the East coast and Trey Turner's sake. Right. Um, so the way it ended up, like I'm fine with ha- having Xander Bogarts. I'm happy that the Padres landed Xander and I'm happy, nothing against Josh Bell personally, obviously I'm happy that the Padres, they didn't end up getting Josh Bell because right now paying that much money to a guy that doesn't have really that much better numbers than Matt Carpenter, uh, that would just make the situation probably worse or make it feel worse, right? Matt Carpenter so far this year, so a negative 0.1 war. Josh Bell's baseball reference war is 0.1. 669 OPS compared to Bell's 707. 
89 OPS plus compared to Bell's 99 OPS plus. So that's not a huge gap there. Both are below league average. And then Carp has four home runs and Josh Bell is five. So both guys aren't really helping their teams too much. And so if that's the case and you had to choose between one of the two, you're going to go with Matt Carpenter because it's the cheaper contract. Now, you could throw in Brandon Jury in there. And yeah, I right now, yeah, you'd probably rather have Brandon Jury. Um, but again, I don't know. I don't know if it was so much Brandon Jury wanting to go to was it Jury wanting to go to the Angels, or was it the Padres not really being interested in in bringing back Jury? Maybe 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 it's both, but I do remember reading an article, I think, in The Athletic at that time or right after the signing happened. And it was talking about how Drury was, he watched the Angels when he was growing up. So, again, another one of those what ifs. What if the Padres brought back Brandon Drury? What would have happened there? Would he be playing more first base, not DHing? And so Kim wouldn't get as much playing time and Crony would be at second base. What would have happened there? Uh, but what, would they have signed Bogarts if they would have brought back Drury? Who knows? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Uh, Alex in the chat. Thanks so much for coming in here. Says any news on Suarez at all? Really miss him in the pen. So the latest on that, I think Alex, or at least the latest that I have seen is that he has been throwing. He just started throwing. I don't know if he's on a mound yet, but he was originally throwing with the plyo ball. So not a regular baseball. Then he started throwing on flat ground with a baseball. So maybe the media asked about an update on Suarez, but he's not close to returning. 
uh, I'd, I'd say that that's, I guess, the, the update. Uh, what's up, Dom? If anyone wants to join the show, I know it's a morning show. There's not a ton of people in here. Uh, but if someone wants to join the show and give your thoughts on this team so far this year, you can click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat. You want to make sure I get to your comment or your question. You can use that super chat button. It supports the channel and it makes it easier for me to see your comment. I appreciate that. Uh, another break. And then I'll, I'll talk about the latest around San Diego sports, which is really one main topic with a major pro sports owner investing in something that's happening in, in the uh, city of San Diego. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's underdog fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right, so some underdog fantasy pick options for Padres fans today. There's Joe Musgrove, five strikeouts, higher or lower. And I'll give my pick on my pregame thoughts later in the day when that comes out, when the lineups come out, obviously, like I do before every game. So five strikeouts for Musgrove, higher or lower. Like that seems like easy, high, like easily pick high there, right? But the Guardians, if I remember correctly, they don't strike out very much. So maybe that's not as easy as a, a pick as we thought it was going to be, or at least as I thought it was going to be right when I saw that up here on underdog Juan Soto, eight and a half fantasy points, higher, lower Juan Soto, half or one and a half hits runs, RBIs, higher, lower Juan Soto, half run scored, higher, lower uh, Tatis, half a single, higher, lower Manny, half a single, higher, lower. Same thing with Bogarts uh, and Carpen Grish, half a hit, higher, lower. So those are some options there. And also underdog, I believe today, they have their pretty much like a free special. Zach Wheeler, half a pitch. Uh, so obviously you would go higher there, just giving you a freebie there. Um, so 
Again, if you want to get a deposit match up to $100, use that link or use code TALKINGFRIARS on Underdog Fantasy. All right, so I wanted to get to kind of the state of San Diego sports. Will tonight be a sellout for the Padres? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Padres, I know it's a Monday night, and the Padres, they're not playing great, but Padre fans, they have shown up this year. I think they have they have at least 22 sellouts. I know that. I don't know how many sellouts they – is it 22 or maybe it's higher than that? The last number that I saw on social media was 22 sellouts. Like, even when the team is not playing well, the fans are still showing up. Like, San Diego is, is a great sports town. For those that live in San Diego, those that have been here for a long time, did they deserve the, the, the San Diego Chargers leaving and going to L.A.? No. The NBA teams that left, like those were way different times than what they are now. And just the way that things are going, like Padres fans having all these sellouts at home, despite the team not giving the Padres fans as much to celebrate as we thought they were going to give, right? San Diego State opening up that new stadium and the Aztec football team didn't give fans really much reason to show up last year. But they did show up to that that first game, and at the beginning of the year, the Aztecs basketball team, uh, the fans have continued to support that team. They support that team year in, year out. They frequently sell out that place, and they will next year, obviously, coming off that Final Four run. The San Diego Wave, in the world, for a club woman soccer team, the Wave might have the best or definitely one of the best average attendances, they frequently attract on weekend, those weekend matches, over 20,000 fans for women's soccer. And I think it's amazing. Uh, like the fans, this, this, this town shows up when the team shows that they care about the fans and they care about putting a winning product on the field or on the court, wherever. Like they do show up. So look, I think San Diego sports, it's in a spot that I don't know if we imagine that it was going to be in this spot. You know, if, if we're talking about few, few years ago, did we think that this team was going to have Alex Morgan playing for its San Diego women's soccer team? The team was not even in place, right? So no. Did we think that they were going to have a final four basketball team? No. Did we think that we were going to have an MLS team here? In starting in 2025, no, Snapdragon Stadium hadn't even been built yet, right? So did we think that we were going to have Wrexham and Man United coming and Gold Cup match being played here and uh, Dortmund coming to play the San Diego Loyal? We weren't imagining that, right? A couple years ago, no way. Um, but it's happening. And I think we could see another team be added to that mix. The Denver Nuggets, who just won an NBA championship, their first NBA championship. The Nuggets, by the way, they started their season in training camp in San Diego at UCSD. So congrats to them. He owns the Colorado Avalanche. He owns the Colorado MLS team, I believe. He owns the Los Angeles Rams. So he owns a ton, and, and that's just not, those aren't the only teams. Those are just like the major teams that he owns. Maybe I skipped over one. 
So he owns a lot of teams. So you see that, and he has a ton of money, obviously. Billionaire Stan Kroenke joins this group. Why? My immediate thought was, or my immediate question, why would he join this group if he didn't intend to bring another team? Is he joining this group, 90% investor, that's going to have, that's going to build a 16,000 seat arena, 4,250 residential units, 200 room hotel, and there's more onto that? Why would he invest in this and pretty much all by himself uh, finance this project if he didn't want to bring a new team to be in that arena, right? I don't, I don't know if I would do that. Like I have all these teams that I own and I'm just doing it just as, just for fun as a, as a project. Um, I, I don't know if I would do that. Like, I, I think that he is aiming to, to have a team here. And this is not like 2024, they're going to have a, another team. Like this is a long way down the road. Like they haven't broken ground on this. Uh, it needs to get Bill, obviously. Leagues have to expand or announce that they're moving a team. And is San Diego at the top of that list? Like, there's a lot of things here. But with Stan Kroenke joining this group, like this project, I think it's definitely going to get done because Stan Kroenke has a history of getting things done, right? And I think it improves the chances of a team coming here. Now, people, I know there's a lot of speculation of, Oh, I know. Well, people were joking about the San Diego Nuggets thing, right? Like the Nuggets, they're not moving, obviously. But some were like, oh, NBA team may be coming here. NHL team may be coming here. Hmm. I'm not even focusing on that because NBA, he owns the Nuggets. You can't own two teams in the NBA. Okay. The NHL, he already owns an NHL team. Like you can't have two teams in the NHL as an owner. So I don't see an NBA or an NHL team coming to San Diego. I guess a there could be a look, there could be an owner who comes into San Diego and Kroenke just owns the arena, but you would think that he wants to own the team that's in the arena. I would imagine, right? Like his arena, he would want to own that team that's the major team that's playing in it. So what I'm looking at is like maybe WNBA. Like, I would love to have a WNBA team here. Um, I'm a huge WNBA fan. I know San Diego, that's not talked about. The WNBA is not talked about. And obviously, all of the the main thought is going to go into, like, NHL, like the Coyotes, right, because of their situation, or the NBA. But things have to happen for that, right? Things have to happen for the WNBA, too. But I'm just thinking, like, well, he, he already owns an NBA team. So I just – I don't know if I see an NBA team coming here. A, a, Look, they could expand and a new owner could be in the building with Kroenke owning it, but I, I just there, – there's – when I'm looking at the expansion talk in NBA, there are teams that are on their priority list already ahead of San Diego. So where does San Diego – now San Diego might rise on that if they – you know, if this arena happens, maybe it will, but now it's not – on that list. I have not heard San Diego as a destination, but now with this arena, hopefully getting done, it could, it could get onto that list. It, it's not on the list right now, but if there's an arena there, it could be on that list. So who knows? 
Uh, but he can't own two NBA teams. He can't own two NHL teams, right? So if Kroenke's going to be an owner of a team, a major team in this arena, he could go purchase a WNBA team, an expansion WNBA team. And I haven't heard San Diego mentioned in the WNBA comp- uh, conversation at all. But we, we see how they have shown up for the women's soccer team. And this would be the professional basketball team in town. So they would show up for that for sure. So, and, and there's been some women's basketball talent like Kelsey Plum from the area. Uh, so you have, you put a face, a big face on the franchise that could have success as well. Um, so I'm hoping that that happens like NBA, that would be great. NHL, that'd be great. But I'm looking at like WNBA and I go back to my question, Stan Kroenke, or my immediate question, he's just going to invest, spend all this money for the property to just continue to have the San Diego Soccers and San Diego Bulls be the main team in that arena? I don't think so. I mean, I guess he could just do this so uh, better concerts could come to the arena or UFC could make more consistent stops at the arena. Maybe that's why. But I see him bringing in a team. Like, you make, you're spending this much money on this investing this much money into a San Diego project and you're seeing the success in San Diego with its sports franchises, I think his mind is trying to, his mind is uh, pointing towards or eyeing. Yeah. Let's, let's bring another team in here. I think that's cool. And I, I think it's, it's funny that he is investing in a market that one of his tenants at SoFi stadium left. Obviously Dean Spanos leaves San Diego to go be under Stan Kroenke and be under that building. Cause it's not Dean Spanos's building. Uh, Stan Kroenke owns that. So, you know, Stan Kroenke, he's being smart. Like he knows what's going on in San Diego. So that's cool. I, I don't think you can be mad about the news. I, I think it's, it's only good if they don't get another team, like going back to my state of San Diego sports thing, we're still in a great spot. MLS coming, the Padres, the Aztecs, hopefully going to a major conference here soon. The San Diego Wave are contending. They're going to be contending year in, year out. It seems like they have, obviously, one of the biggest female sports stars in the world on their team. Like, San Diego is in a good spot. It is. It's in a good spot sports-wise. So even if they don't get another team, I'm still happy with what we've got and I'm going to appreciate the heck out of what we got, but this could be a fun thing, obviously to keep an eye on here in the future. All right. I don't see anyone, any comments or anything in the chat. So that'll do it. Talking for hours, episode 413. Thank you everyone for the time. Hopefully the Padres, when I'm back with you at the end of the series, the Padres will have a series win, maybe even a series sweep because you got Musgrove walking garbage on the mound. We'll, we'll see what the offense can do um by the way one little thing no active negotiations i say that i put this on my notes no active negotiations to relocate an nba or nhl team but the new arena was needed for this to happen um that was in the union tribune article by uh, i think jennifer van grove is the writer who put that out there so there we go 
Have a great one, everybody. I'll be back for my pregame thoughts before today's series opener against the Cleveland Guardians here that's going to come up at 640 at Petco Park. See ya. Thank you.